How does a person become right with God? How does one deal with this problem of sin that we all have? Is it by our own efforts to be better? Is it by working programs and stepping steps? Is it by obedience to God's law? How? And the answer to these questions are found in this week's study of Galatians 2:15 and 16 that says, We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law no one will be justified. So Paul taught the Galatians this truth because the false teachers were telling them they needed to keep the law in addition to believing the gospel. And this teaching is the doctrine called justification by faith, which started an entire reformation within the church in the 1500s. Now, this passage deals only with justification or how to be right with God, whereas in the next chapter of Galatians, it deals with sanctification or how to be free from sin. So Paul's dealing with the foundational doctrine in this chapter, and in the next, he'll teach us how to build on the foundation of justification by faith. So the word justification is a legal term. Its opposite is condemnation. Now, in a courtroom setting, it's either justification or condemnation for the accused. If you were to stand before a judge and receive condemnation, you would have been found guilty and have to pay the price that the judge or the law would determine. Or, if you were to receive justification, it would mean that you would not be held liable for any charges against you, and you'd be acquitted of those charges and released into freedom. Now, what are the charges brought against you and me in God's heavenly courtroom? Well, our situation is more serious than merely bad behavior or even having a sinful heart. The charges against you and I are of complete alienation from God the total depravity of heart and mind. The charges against us are revealed in the law of God, and God attests to our guilt through our own conscience that condemns us and by the very lives that we have lived. Innately, everyone knows they're, do, do, they're doing wrong, so we all feel guilty. And when we read God's word, we understand more fully this righteous decree against us that is, the guilt that is on us. And many of us have tried various means to free ourselves from our guilt and shame. We've tried to work our way out of the problem by doing good, reading the Bible day and night, attempting to keep God's law, doing good works, etc. We have sought to be justified by our own efforts, but quickly discovered we could never be good enough. And so we were never free from the plaguing undertow of guilt that would sweep us back out into the ocean of sin. But then one day, or, or maybe over a period of time, we heard the message of good news. 
The message was that God made his son to be our sin, that we might go free. On the cross, Jesus was alienated from his own father, that we might be joined together with God forever. Jesus was condemned instead of us and died to pay for our sins, that we might be justified before a holy God. His death for our life. His condemnation for our justification. And what is the only requirement on our part? It is to believe this glorious, exceedingly good message. We accept it and put our trust in Jesus' blood shed for us, and we were justified, exonerated of all charges, and set free from sin's penalty. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ. Galatians 2.16 In other words, by faith in the good news, your rap sheet has been purged, wiped clean, and you have been found not guilty before a most holy God. All because of the sacrifice His Son made for you. Now you who are listening to these words today, have you seen the sacrifice Jesus made for you? Have you put faith in it as your all-sufficient atonement for your sins, the complete payment for your wrongs? Or are you hoping that something you do might add to what he did? I'll close with a short illustration. In the year 640 A.D. in China, there was an area of land owned by rich people who had built luxurious homes. But right next to this section of wealthy homes, the poor lived in mud huts. In that year, the river Yangtze flooded. The rich believed their homes were a safe haven. So when the report came that the river was flooding, they all ran to the safety of their homes and went up on their roofs to wait it out. But the river flooded higher than ever before, and the rushing waters wiped out every home in the town. All the rich people who trusted in the safety of their homes they had built were swept away in the floodwaters. On the other hand, the poor knew that their mud huts would provide no protection. So, upon hearing the news of the flood, they immediately ran to the hills, escaped the flood, and lived. Question. In your life, are you trusting in something you built? Your efforts, your ministry, the life you made? Or, do you see your life and your righteousness is nothing but a mud hut that could never withstand the flood of God's wrath. And so you have run to the hill of Calvary and put faith in what Jesus did there for you.